Welcome to the Grace-Based Family Podcast. We're We're your hosts, hosts, Karis Murray and Michelle Brook. This is a podcast where we look at the power of grace in the everyday lives of families. We're excited for you to listen in on the conversation. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Karis. Well, today we have a show that I think is always relevant, but especially relevant right now Mm -hmm. um, in the midst of this crazy pandemic and the way that it is just profoundly changed all of our lives. Um, And so today we're we're talking about grace and school choice. Mm -hmm. And what we mean by school choice is kind of a broad definition. We mean how you want to educate your kid. And I think there's sort of three main silos that most people think of. Mm -hmm. There's public school, there's private school, and there's homeschool. Mm -hmm. But amongst the landscape of school choice, you now also have, in many states, charter schools, Mm -hmm. which are publicly funded but seem to function a little bit more like smaller private schools. And now, in the pandemic, we've all been introduced to a whole new type of schooling that I don't think anybody really loves, but that is this idea of distance learning, where our kids are, you know, using technology to do do the best they can to try to learn in the midst of this pandemic. So, um, you know, there's there because there now are so many choices. um, Mm -hmm. And and even within let's just talk about public school. Um, I know in many states and in, in, in our state in Arizona, we have um, open what we call open enrollment, meaning mm-hmm. you can enroll your kid in any public school that has space mm-hmm. within your district, right? And then you can also go outside a district as long as they have space. And so I know that even creates more, um, I don't know, angst, I think, because... Yeah. As par- you know, parents who have kids that are entering that school age, they feel like now they have myriad choices mm-hmm. and they're trying to make the best choice that they can for their kid. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just feel like it, when my girl started school, it was easy because, you know, you did have those kind of three silos. But in terms of sending them to public school, which is, is the choice that we made, um, you just sent them to the school in your neighborhood yeah and Mm -hmm. that was it you know um and i i mean i sound like an old lady but i i feel for parents you know young moms now who are just trying to navigate this and that's pre-pandemic so now it's even Mm -hmm. crazier so Mm -hmm. so we're gonna talk about school choice in general and then also we're you know we're gonna lament i think a little bit the place we're at right now. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We had a conversation this morning. I was kind of venting my frustrations with little ones trying to, you know, tackle virtual learning. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot for parents, but this content that we had prepared to share is something that Grace-Based Families has been messaging about for years because we often get the question, what's the best choice? I want to make the right choice for my family. Should I send them to Christian school? Am I supposed to homeschool? Will the public school ruin them? You know, so right. we, this is something that we've been addressing for decades. Yeah. And and we're titling this Grace in School Choice because we're here to encourage you that there's not a wrong answer. <laughs> right. For, for like each kid, and we're going to kind of go into this, but 
there is, um, God has gifted your kids uniquely and has given parents different skills and talents and um, ways to work with these kids. And it might not be a cookie cutter for each kid, like one school choice. So we'll talk about that. Here's the good news. There's a ton of great choices out there right now. So we don't all have to fit into the same hole. There might be different um, options for different families and different Mm -hmm. kids. Yeah. Yeah. And and I like how you said there's no wrong answers. Mm -hmm. Um, And there isn't just one right answer either, Mm -hmm. right? There's many potential right answers depending on your circumstances. But I do want to call out that I believe there is some wrong thinking that we can Mm -hmm. fall victim to as we think through this process and try to make decisions. Mm -hmm. So while we have a lot of great choices, um, you know, there's no single right choice for every kid. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got to kind of take it based on your kid's individual needs and your own family circumstance. But I think there are a lot of pitfalls that we can fall into. Um, I know there are pitfalls I um, sometimes find myself falling into, but especially um, you know, the work that we've done at Grace-Based Families for nearly 40 years now, nearly four decades, um, we see consistently see parents fall into um, some wrong thinking mm-hmm. around this idea of school choice. And it can be such a charged conversation yeah. because people can very much be advocates for whatever their favorite is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um But they can also, you know, one of the ways of wrong thinking, I think, is falling into the trap of being anti something else. Yeah. Right. If if it's not your choice, if it's not the thing you're advocating for, it's easy to slip over the line between being a great advocate for what you love Mm -hmm. and turning that around and then being anti something else. Right. Right. And I think the nice thing with this pandemic, it is it's kind of shuffle the cards for everyone. Oh, for because sure. Because I know I had a lot of biases going yeah. into this. Sad to admit that. But now it's like, okay, there I might be homeschooling soon. That might right. be the best option. And I would have never thought that that would have been yeah, that wouldn't have me. been your your first choice. <laughs> no. and, and I even I mean, I know you and your personality and yeah. I think our our listeners are hopefully getting to know us, but Michelle's pretty no nonsense, and she's <laughs> not very patient. She, she, yeah, well, I don't. I think you're patient because you put up with all of us here at Grace Based Families. But um, you know, you've said of yourself, you're not super in tune with your emotions, oh, mm-hmm. um, sure. and you're not super, you know, touchy feely, yeah. happy. You're definitely not like a kindergarten teacher type of a personality, for sure. So just mm-hmm. based on your own preferences, yeah homeschooling is not really your jam right but yeah now i'm like well we might be doing that because this school thing this online school has been really difficult for my younger ones right yeah this we're kind of leveling the playing field here exactly (laughs) and and i i've i've talked to so many people who um you know they've never perhaps there are people who have never considered uh homeschooling before. I think that's the category that sort of everybody's minds are Mm -hmm. turning to right now. Now, when we say homeschooling, we don't mean um, you're at home with your kids and they're going to school online. Like that's kind of how most of the country is doing school right Mm -hmm. now. That's distance learning. And what what I learned just with my own kids last semester um, in the in the spring when 
school got, you know, called off, everybody came home right at the, you know, front end of the pandemic. Um, and everybody was trying to find their rear with both hands, like mm-hmm. at that point in, in life. Like, and so it what distance learning was very discombobulated. It was yeah. very disorganized because, you know, and this is not a knock on teachers. Everyone was doing the best they could. But distance learning is a thing. It's a category in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But I know my friends who homeschool, they don't spend, um, you know, nine hours every day working on homeschool. Homeschooling can be very efficient, right? You can really tailor it around your individual kids, your individual needs, and um, and you can get it done, especially with the younger kids. Mm -hmm. With, you know, an hour and a half or two hours, you Mm -hmm. know, before lunch, you're done with school. And so um, that's been appealing to many parents, you know, for a long, long time. But it's now starting to appeal to, right. I think, uh, people who had never really considered it before. Mm-hmm. I think we should give our background. So I was a product of the neighborhood public school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am a product too. of the school down the street. That's what you go to because that's where the bus <laughs> right. picks you up and right. will drop you off. And you did the same thing, yes. right? You yeah. went to public school. And your girls went to public school. My kids go to a charter school. Yes. Um my husband went to a Christian school. So he kind of came into our relationship um, assuming our kids would go to Christian school. And I came into it assuming, why wouldn't they go to public? Right. So a lot of parents kind of have that. Again, there's even biases in your own marriage, in your own family of what's the best way. Um, why, you know, I would choose public school because X, Y, Z. He would choose Christian school because of different reasons. And I think one of the pitfalls that you said is we just don't want to make the mistake that we assume there's only one choice for a conscientious parent. Right. Like, it's not a mistake if our kids go to Christian school. It's not a mistake if they go to a public school like I wanted them to go to. <laughs> We've kind of found a happy medium with a charter school. Yeah. But loving, conscientious parents make the best decision for their child. And a lot of that has to take out our own biases Mm -hmm. because I had such a great experience at a big school. My husband had an awesome experience at a small, kind of like a safe Christian environment um, where I'm like, rough it up, like get out there with the unbelievers. And he's like, that's a lot to take in for kids. You know, so we both kind of came in battling each other on this. Mm, So I think maybe a lot of our listeners can identify with that. If there's some family pressures where maybe your nieces and nephews go to a Christian school or there's pressure to homeschool mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, we just want to encourage you that y- we know that you have your kids' best interests in mind and yeah. don't fall into the pitfall of you have to do what everyone else is doing or what you feel pressure to do, right. which I know yeah. can be easy for me. Yeah. Yeah. I have a I have a friend who um, both of her parents uh, have taught at a local Christian school. Yeah. And she grew up um, with both of her parents teaching at that school. And mm. so there was just automatically this assumption yeah. when she and her husband had kids that they were going to go to this one particular Christian school even. For sure. And I remember her talking with me about it and just feeling that, like you said, that pressure. She's like, mm. I it's just assumed that they're going to do that, that we're going to do this. And I'm not sure if that's the best thing. Right. Um, and I don't want to let my parents down and I don't want to let, you know, 
Like you said, Mm -hmm. it could be cousins that go to that school or your spouse has a different idea than you. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, we've, we, we have to, you know, we're the adults now, right? And we're the, we are the really, truly the only advocates for our kids, Mm -hmm. at least the number one advocate. So we really have to think about their needs and not allow that pressure to, to cause us to make a choice that maybe we don't want to make, right? Mm -hmm. And so you just, I I mean, my recommendation to her at the time, and, you know, it's been years now and everything worked out fine, but I said, I think the sooner you have that conversation with your parents, the better. Yeah. To just say, look, I love you guys. I so appreciate what, you know, your history at this school and how Mm -hmm. important that is to you. And we may send the kids there. That might might end up being what we choose. But yeah. we've got to go into this um, open, open-hearted and open-minded right. and really look at all of our options. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, you know, I feel pressure that you guys, you know, are going to be super disappointed if yeah. we don't go to that school. And it ended up after that conversation she had with her parents, they were like, oh, we're so sorry we made you feel that mm-hmm. way. We, you know, of course we would love the kids to go here because it would just be fun to see them. Yeah. But if they don't, if that's not the right choice, we want what's best for our grandkids. That's and awesome. so she had built it up in her mind even to something that it wasn't actually in reality. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and we do that so much, I oh, think. I and another area too, where I think there's a lot of pressure now is in, there's so much focus on academia, right? Right. Like these, some of these elementary schools that I first toured, they were like junior universities. One felt like a Russian boot camp. Like <laughs> they had to walk on the line. They couldn't smile. They had to march to the restroom. They couldn't smile. It was the, I, I literally ditched the tour. I, I, I am a rule follower by nature, but I'm like, it was making me so mad. They yeah. couldn't have any characters, any personality on their backpacks, their shoes, their folders. Everything had to be uniform. I was like, I feel like I'm at like a concentration camp. This is stifling to these children. However, they are known as one of the most academic, top-notch schools in in Phoenix. And it's really hard to get into. So I thought, okay, if I can get my oldest in here, then the next two are just going to, you know, they'll automatically get in. This is going to fast track them to getting into a really good high school. They're going to have great you know, grades to get into college. And I kind of started falling into that thinking of like, greatness is good education. And there's nothing wrong with that, if that's what you choose. We ultimately decided not to, well, one, because I was oppressed on the tour by how <laughs> strict it was that I literally <laughs> you felt like you were tip-toed. being repressed. Yes, I was like, I gotta get out of here. So I tiptoed and, and ran away. But um, the other reason was our firstborn super smart, gifted, like high IQ, all that stuff. Well, the second one, I didn't know. (laughs) Like, so that would be a great setting for him. He would flourish with like all the rules, all the structure, fall in line, tons of homework. I knew the second one, like that probably wasn't going to be his jam. And the third, he was just a wild card because he was little. So I thought, okay, if I start this like hard, like intense schooling at a young age, it's, I'm going to kind of be, I know I'm going to be pushing my middle child to fall in line and to, he just wasn't there and he wasn't going to be there by kindergarten. So we decided not to do that route. But I, I realized through that tour of terribleness was that 
there's not one right choice maybe for the whole family. It might even be picking and choosing different schools based on your kids' unique yeah. needs yeah. or challenges. And I know a lot of families that do that. And I think, um, and even maybe feel when you hear us say there's no one right choice for each child and you can make different choices for different kids in your family, you can. Mm-hmm. And that might be necessary sometimes. Mm-hmm. I would say, and I am, I'm going to put my cards on the table here, um, if people are open to advice from a mom who, you know, who's been there with kids and, and watching this, I think the default should be pick a, pick a school that can meet most of the needs mm-hmm. of all of your kids, mm-hmm. if you can, mm-hmm. just because I think having them all in the same school is so much easier on oh, your yeah. schedule mm-hmm. because when they're in the different schools um, and, and it's going to happen probably depending on how your kids are spaced out that, you know, they might be in different school buildings. So like there's elementary school and then they go to junior high. Well, that's in a different location. And then they go to high school and you might have three kids in three different schools at some point anyway. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if siblings can go to school together, I think it's a great camaraderie. Yeah. And it just, it reduces the level of stress and hurry in the family. Mm -hmm. But of course, if you're always sort of weighing the pros and cons and you're weighing, um, you know, the needs against the potential stresses or harms. Mm -hmm. So I kind of tell parents, okay, let's say the default is you're trying to pick a school that you think is going to be good enough Mm -hmm. for all your kids. And no situation is going to be perfect. Right. Do you think that this school or, you know, this choice could be good for your whole family mm-hmm. um, and approach it that way? And then right. you may need to decide, OK, um, this isn't working for this kid. Yeah. Um, and you can always change course. Right. Right. But um, but I do think that we get a little bit of um you know, we get paralyzed by the amount of choice that we oh have. Oh my gosh, so many choices. Um, yeah, and, and uh, you know, analysis paralysis, they mm-hmm. call it, right? And we just feel like we have to analyze everything. We're trying to find the perfect school yeah. for each kid. Um, you can approach it that way. You can do that because you do have enough choices. But I don't know, yeah. as, as old mom... <laughs> Yeah, older mom with older kids for who've sure. gone through it. I say try to find a choice that's going to work for everybody together, yeah. and then from then go from there. Yep, that's right? what we did. We're like, let's just find the nice common ground. Right. Also, I don't like to drive very far. <laughs> so right. It's got to be close proximity. Yeah. But the choices. I mean, some like, do you want to do Mandarin immersion, Spanish immersion, right? Uh, College and that, prep, and I'm that's like, even in six. our public schools now. Yeah, because that our, is our public because schools. there's so much mm-hmm. choice, and there's now so much competition. Even public schools are developing these specialized programs, yeah. right? And that's going to affect you know the decision that you make. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I say start with the choice that is going to create the least amount of friction, mm-hmm. and see if that works. Right. And then go from there, you know, only really deviate if that's not going to be a good choice. So so let's talk about um, let's kind of talk about these three silos. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about these in in 
obviously in the context of COVID right now. But I think it it makes sense for us to talk about them as though life was normal again, mm-hmm. because I do believe eventually we're going to get there. Yeah. You know, there's a light at this in, the end of this tunnel. And then we'll talk a little bit about how COVID is kind of affecting all of this right now. Um, you know, on on our staff at Grace Space Families, what I love is that we have we have parents who kind of represent the spectrum mm-hmm. in terms of how they have chosen to educate their kids. Yeah, we have people on our staff who homeschool their kids, mm-hmm. and that was they felt the best choice for their kid. Um, we have uh, people on our staff whose whose kids have attended private school or a charter school, which is technically public, but you know, kind of functions more like private school, Mm -hmm. your kids and then several other staff members' kids have gone to charter schools. And then my girls have always attended their neighborhood public school. And Christian schools. And Christian schools. Mm -hmm. I I said private schools, but that includes Christian Christian schools, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, some private schools are not Christian, in particularly some of them are Jewish schools, right? But um, yeah, making that choice, we have people on our staff who have made those mm-hmm. all those different choices for various reasons. And we have members of our staff that have made a choice and had to pivot for yeah. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really kind of cool to see that diversity represented and to yeah. know that under the umbrella of grace, there's space for all of this. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the pitfalls, you know, I said there's definitely wrong thinking that we can fall into around this. I think the biggest pitfall I personally see is making the decision you make based out of fear. Right. And so um, it's important to check our motives and really look at the heart of why we're making a particular choice. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, and this is just sort of something that, uh, you know, happens by default it's rare that people make the choice to put their kids in public school out of fear right it's just you kind of don't default to that out of fear right so we see i see this happen and and i say we see this happen more in terms of um when we go teach somewhere we have a conference at a church and the people we talk to who email us you know our listeners who who contact us much more often people go the homeschooling, you know, if they're falling into a fear-based decision-making process, mm-hmm. that ends up steering them towards Christian school, homeschool. Mm-hmm. And I am not saying that everybody who sends their kids to Christian school or homeschools them is doing that based in fear. I right. think actually, especially the homeschooling movement has changed dramatically mm-hmm. since the 80s and 90s when we For were sure. kids. Mm-hmm. And a whole lot more people are homeschooling for not for fear-based reasons, yeah, but for academic reasons or yeah. because they want to travel as a family. Right. I mean, you name it. There's all sorts of good reasons to do that. Um, so I would say examine your heart. Yeah. Take the time. You know, maybe you have some some friends who are close enough to you that they would tell you the truth mm-hmm. and ask them, do you think I tend to be fear-based and do you think this particular, you know, do you see in this decision-making process me acting out of fear? Mm -hmm. And then be willing to listen, you know, to what they say. 
I think that driving, identifying what your driving factor is, whether it is fear that if your kids are in a public school, they're going to be exposed to, you know, things of this world right, and not know how to stand up against them or um, whatever it may be, you know, they're going right. to be running with the wrong crowd. And all those things are legitimate concerns that you need to work through and talk about, but if you figure out what is my driving or if it fear, is it my kids aren't going to get in the best college, so I have to send them to the super academic right. rigid school, that will help you identify as your decision based on faith mm-hmm. or fear. Right. And I know I have our kids go to this charter school, but it's, you know, public essentially. And sometimes when these hard situations come up or the teachers are teaching something that I know is not in line with the Bible or right. things, ideas that the kids come home with. That there's millions of gods. And, you know, Josh told me today that, right. you know, all these things that I'm like, oh, my goodness. And my first reaction is you should I should pull you out and put you in the Christian school. Right. Yeah. Like in just because they're not going to be teaching that. And there is something to that. I, I mean, right. You know what I'm saying? From the administration down, they're teaching creation. They're right. teaching, you know, the pr- biblical principles versus a secular school. They're not necessarily. However, just because you're at a Christian school does not mean your friend, your kids' friends are all going to be believers. Correct. Does not mean your kids are not going to be expo- exposed to pornography, exposed to cussing, drugs, mm-hmm. all yeah. these things. My husband went to a Christian school. One of the guys he graduated was on America's Most Wanted. He's like one of the top 10 killers in America. <laughs> and I always tease him. I'm like, see, look, Christian schoolies aren't even better. Like joking. He's yeah. like, most people in my class, Shell, were not, are not on America's Most Wanted. I'm like, I'm just yeah. saying. I don't think any guys <laughs> from my big old public high school are on America's Most Wanted right now. But um, my point is, I think I can fall into the thinking of, I want to protect. I want a cloister. I want a bubble. I want to keep these kids safe while they're under my roof. Where God stretches me and grows me in my faith is saying, okay, Michelle, God has opened the door for you to put them in this charter school, or you have good relationships with some Christians, but mostly non-Christians. Yeah. And this is a test of faith that you are going to have to trust me and train up your boys for how to respond when they hear there's millions of gods, Mm -hmm. how to have an answer to someone saying, you know, X, Y, Z, that's against what the Bible teaches. Right. So again, it kind of comes back to um, what Dr. Tim Kimmel talks about in his book, um, Grace-Based Parenting, is we're trying to raise strong kids, not safe kids. And I always have to remind myself Mm -hmm. when my first reaction is fear and not faith. Right. And, and, you know, this can affect you in any of these schools' Mm -hmm. choices, right? Whether you're homeschooling, whether they do a private Christian school, whether they go to a highly academic school, whether they go to the local public school. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really important. First of all, we don't fall into, you know, primarily making decisions out of fear. Obviously, we're all going to make mess up, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to have our moments. We're going to make mistakes, right? And you can always, you can always, first of all, kind of confess that. Say, Lord, I'm so sorry that I was making my fear a god, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, making my fear an idol, and I wasn't keeping my eyes on you and trusting you. Um, and we can then pivot and 
change course if we need to or whatever. I think the other pitfall in terms of our thinking and decision-making process is that we can, especially if we've kind of decided what we want to do or if we had, you know, if we were brought up being educated a certain way and we loved it and mm-hmm. we want, and we're an advocate for it and we want our kids to, you know, have the same experience. I think it's really easy to look at our particular our particular preference with rose-colored co- glasses, yeah. right? And not recognize the flaws or pitfalls within that. And there mm-hmm. are flaws and pitfalls within any of these systems. Yeah. But it's really easy to see, you know, Jesus said, take the log out of your own eye before you, you know, point out the speck in each other's eyes. I mean, Mm -hmm. do you see this happening with politics like all the time now? It's like I can point out every, you know, flaw with your political ideology, but Mm -hmm. I don't see any of the flaws in mine and vice versa. Right. So this can happen is called confirmation bias. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the technical term. We, we basically find all the evidence that supports what we believe or what yeah. we want to do, and we ignore any evidence to the contrary. Sure. But we see all the evidence to the contrary for every other choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's important to, to sit down and identify, okay, what could be some of the pitfalls mm-hmm. with homeschooling? Mm-hmm. Even assuming you're not making that choice or any choice yeah. based primarily in fear, there's going to be some pitfalls or some shortcomings is maybe even a better uh, term that you're going to have to then intentionally try to compensate for it. I think those shortcomings in a public school setting are pretty clear to a Christian parent, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the things you talked about, uh, you know, the curriculum really not necessarily being in line with our biblical understanding. The kids that they encounter and all the different belief systems, like Mm -hmm. those uh, you know, shortcomings are pretty obvious. And so as parents, if we are going to choose to put our kids in Christian school, we need to do things to compensate for that. And and a lot of that is just conversations where they come home, we talk about those things and we say, okay, this is what your teacher teaches, right. but this is what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And, and it's okay for you to, you know, some of this is a mystery, right? Yeah. So, and then, um, you know, but with homeschooling, there's some pitfalls. You know, you ha- I know a lot of parents who do that. They they compensate for sort of the social isolation that could potentially happen mm-hmm. in a homeschool setting by putting together, uh, you know, co-op groups, yeah. taking uh, field trips, trying to create a, a community to compensate for some of that social structure and interaction that their kids would get in a school setting by default. Mm-hmm. And then a big one that I think this one goes unnoticed because it's a little counterintuitive, but like you talked about it in a Christian school setting, and we're not talking all private school, but particularly a Christian school setting, I think one of the shortcomings is is um, that our kids, uh, well, I think I think it's 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 incorrect to assume that just because our kids are getting a Christian education, that they're getting spiritual development at Mm -hmm. school. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a real big difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so just because they're getting the knowledge doesn't mean it is going to have any effect on their heart. And you're right, of course, they're not surrounded by believing kids. Yeah. um, Because I think a lot of a lot of 
families sort of treat Christian school a little bit like reform school, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. It's Mm -hmm. like, this is the problem, kid. So you're going to go, you kept getting in trouble over here. So Mm -hmm. now we're going to put you in Christian school. So there's a little bit of that component. But even if every kid around them was a strong believer, it's wrong to assume that they're getting spiritual development in a Christian school setting. There's Mm -hmm. all sorts of good reasons to choose that. Mm -hmm. But that you don't kid yourself, right? Yeah. And so what compensations do you maybe need to, to make in a in a Christian school setting? Yeah. I think for that um, environment, I know my husband would say, I never had to evangelize because everyone I went to school with claimed to be a Christian. Right. And I thought, oh, that's so weird. I never experienced that. Most of the people I hung out with did not claim to be Christians from the public school you know, arena. Right. Um, So I think whatever choice you choose, like if we start with Christian school and your kids are in Christian school and so other friends are, quote, Christian because they signed that declaration of faith to get in there, you have to be intentional about finding areas outside of school where they're involved in sports or music or whatever, Boy Scouts, that they have non-Christian friends and influences from the outside world. If you're at a secular school, whether it's charter or a private school or public, they are getting the world and Satan yeah. is hardcore that, in those that's environments. That's built in, right, kind like, of into that setting. That's there. You don't have to compensate for Absolutely. that. You have so, to compensate for other things. Right. So then yeah. your, your mentality has to shift and be like, okay, we need to get them in a small group, in a wana. We need to be more intentional about teaching them the Bible because right. they're not getting that like the Christian school does every mm-hmm. day for 40 minutes in an actual right. class. And same with homeschool. How I guess my mentality is whatever your environment is, we're called to be salt and light and our mm-hmm. kids. We're supposed to make disciples, right? Right. And if we're cloistered, whether it's at home, in a Christian bubble, homeschooling, Christian school, or vice versa, if we are all in darkness, like around right. people that are lost and don't know the Lord. And we, we're not being intentional to do the work of 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 you know, discipling our kids, and, yeah. then yeah. I just um, think either there's there's unique challenges on e- like some awesome pluses to every option, mm-hmm. some challenges that parents need to f- work through because I know a lot of parents will just like let their kids go to public school and then they slowly, bad company corrupts good character, right? Mm-hmm. So if they're not having other good Christian influences, they succumb to that a mm-hmm. lot, uh, to the craziness a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa, if they're in a really sheltered setting, um, then all of a sudden they go to college and they yeah. go hog wild because right. they've never seen sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or or they just have not, you know, one of the things we talk about at Grace Peace Families a lot is giving our kids freedom. Mm-hmm. And one of the key freedoms we need to give our kids is the freedom to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, I mean, think about your own life. That's how we learn. Yeah. You know, we we don't learn a whole lot from everything being great. Mm-hmm. We learn from mistakes. We learn from sorrow. We learn from hardships. Um, and the time, the best time for our kids to make mistakes, even really big ones, is while they live under our roof. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. no matter how you choose to educate your kids, giving them the freedom to make mistakes yeah. And, and almost, I mean, I remember my mom saying, you know, I, I pray two prayers for my kids every morning. I mean, obviously, prays a lot of other prayers, but yeah. two kind of consistent daily prayers. And those two prayers were first, um, 
she prayed that we would get caught in every lie we ever told Mm. so that it would never work for us so that we would stop trying Mm -hmm. and we would be people of truth, which I thought was such an interesting way to pray that prayer. She didn't say, Lord, please let them never tell lies. Lord, please Mm -hmm. please make them honest people. She would Mm -hmm. say, I pray that they get (laughs) caught in every lie they ever tell. And the assumption there is they're going to lie. I want it not to work out for them, right? I I want it not to be in an effective way to live their lives. And then the second thing that that she would pray is, I pray that they would have a dilemma today that forces them to think about what they believe, Mm -hmm. to turn to you, and to build their character. Mm -hmm. Knowing that when those dilemmas come that we weren't always going to do the right thing. Right. Right. And so those are prayers we can pray for our kids. However, we send them to school, however we school them at home. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there are certain settings that set that up for you. Yeah. And some that don't. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah. So let's talk um, about COVID quickly. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and how that has just tossed this all up. Yeah. Um, right now in Arizona, I know this is very localized too, so mm-hmm. it's different all over the country, but Arizona is still one of the hot spots for the continued spread of the COVID-19 virus um, because of our, uh, you know, infection rate here. Our mm-hmm. governor has ordered, you know, he ordered schools closed in May. And then when it was time to open again, he basically said it's going to have to be distance learning because in-person learning is just not safe yeah. within our community. And there's some communities that have really low, you know, infection rates. And so those kids are back in school right now, mm-hmm. like normal, quote unquote. Um, so we have not you know, with the exception of a few um, private schools who are kind of allowed to do what they want, sort of, Mm -hmm. I know it's kind of a murky area right now, Um, everyone is distance learning. Yeah. Um, And so you mentioned that's going very poorly for your boys. Yes. Because we'll say the grades that they're in this year. Kindergarten and third. So I have to sit with them, you know, for every assignment. And they're getting very frustrated, and so am I. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it might get better. We're pretty. Yeah. It might. It might get better. It might not. Yeah. Um, mine are a junior and senior in mm-hmm. high school right now. So th- it's a different, it's a yeah. little different story for us. Like, you know, I heard you kind of describing how your day goes, and it just, not only is it like super hard for kids their age to learn that way even yeah. if all the technology works correctly. What I'm hearing from you is like, it's very disorganized and none of the technology is working properly. Mm-hmm. Our experience, at least, I mean, in the in the spring, it felt like exactly like the, that. This fall, it has been, our district has just done a really good job um, making it much more organized. The technology is working. They distributed a, a brand new Chromebook to every child wow. in the district. Um, which has really leveled the playing field uh, in a public school setting. So um, they're, it's going fine. Like it's, um, things are working, it's going fine, yet they hate it, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, my, my oldest daughter is her senior year. This is, you know, there's so, so many sad. milestones yeah. that they missed out on last year and that they're likely gonna miss out on this year. So, you know, 
It's mm-hmm. so not ideal. Right. Um, and then, you know, I, I would say one thing this year that that is a challenge is, you know, my younger daughter and and I'll put my cards out on the table and say, I am an advocate for public school. That's mm-hmm what I love and that's what I advocate for anytime it's possible, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm anti something else. Again, remember that was a pitfall. Right. Don't don't go from being an advocate to being anti. But um, one of the biggest uh, triumphs, I think, of the public school system is the special education programs within the public school and the resources yeah. available to kids who just you know, they need special help to mm-hmm. learn. And that obviously falls on a super broad spectrum. For Lydia, she has ADHD. Mm-hmm. And so in about the fourth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade for her, we uh, got her an IEP, um, which stands for Individualized Educational Plan. And that falls within, um, you know, civil rights law, mm-hmm. um, uh, the Disabilities Act law um, that basically says every child is entitled to a uh, a fair education, mm-hmm. essentially. So if they cannot learn without um, help, mm-hmm. then they need to get that help. Right. And so public school allows for us to, you know, she has had therapies, she's had, um, you know, intervention, she's had occupational therapy, she has uh, a lot of compensations. Yeah. Um, Some of those are just as simple as, you know, teachers kind of making different choices and how and where they put her in the classroom and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Sometimes it's extra time, getting to go to the testing center. But some of those have been things that would have cost us more money than we have. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the evaluations and some of the therapies, we just would Very not have expensive. been able to afford yeah. it. And so um, that has, I mean, it has been life changing for my daughter uh, to be, to have access to yeah, that kind of huge. health help. Um, and so that's been one thing that we've loved about public school. But this year, I mean, she does have her class period that is her, you know, sort of study hour where she, she's on Zoom with mm-hmm. the special ed teacher and aid and everything but it's nothing like what it was and so right now I mean for me that was one of the big things I loved about public school and now that's something that I'm gonna have to find a way to compensate for so I did consider homeschooling them this year although the the level of education that they're at right now junior and senior in high school I'm just like I yeah I can't calculus. teach them calculus. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help them with physics. We can't. I can't do chemistry. You know, so it's not a perfect choice. But we decided to keep them where they were. They're doing distance learning. They hate a lot about it. I'm yeah. trying to. You know, I'm the lunch lady at home, so I'm trying to make breakfast and <laughs> lunches and great snacks and coffee and tea and you know try to just make it as comfy and cozy mm-hmm. as possible. Um, but you know, I, there are people who've brought their kids home, yeah, uh, to do real homeschool, not yeah. distance learning, um, that never thought they were going to do that before. Right. And and so I, all I would say about this COVID time is, everyone just needs to lower their expectations to For manage sure. their expectations. But I think in this context, that means everybody just needs to lower their mm-hmm. expectations and give a lot of grace. Yeah, and nothing's permanent. You know what right. you choose to do right now might be totally different from what you do in January or right. next year. And s- schools can be reevaluated annually. Right. If you don't like what you're doing, 
put them in a different school. Try right. a Christian school. If you don't try like something that, else. try a different charter school. Like nothing yeah. is set in stone. Right. Um, yeah. So I think we put so much pressure on ourselves. And I I know one thing we always talk about here at Grace Face Families is keeping the end goal in mind, right? Right. Like, Yes, we want our kids to know about American history and be able to solve trigonometry problems. But really, in the end, what is raising a truly great kid, right? It's a kid, and here we talk about this kid as a heart for the Lord, and it expresses itself through a a generous heart, a grateful heart, a humble heart, and a servant's heart. heart. And so I know I get caught up in the minutia of the daily, like, I can't figure out your Zoom call, and Google Classroom is the devil. Right. like at the end it, our our greater goal as parents is to build in these kids a heart for the lord and a heart for others right and i think if we keep that in mind all the stresses yes. <laughs> of the online schooling the school choice they don't seem as big right and we're and, and you know th- that's the hearts that we're trying to build in our kids and mm-hmm. and you know that's not that hap- does not happen by default in any setting. Right. That happens because of our intentionality mm-hmm. by what we do and what what we don't do. Right. Um, and the best example for that is us, right? Because mm-hmm. they could be learning that, but if we're not living out, you know, if we're not grateful, humble, um, servant-hearted right. people, and they're not seeing us live that out. Not only um, will they maybe not learn it themselves, they also might start to doubt that Mm -hmm. this God that we say we believe in is as big as we say he is, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, this COVID time is weird. It's the worst. Um, (laughs) Super hard. In a lot of ways, it's super hard. There are some silver linings, I think, that that we we try to find them every day, but... um, it, now is time to exercise a lot of grace. And mm-hmm. and I'm just going to say, please give so much grace to your teachers and yeah. your school administrators right Absolutely. now. They are doing the best that they can mm-hmm. with even, you know, they're asked to do so much more and the resources are already so thin. Yeah. Right. They were already doing so much with so little and now they're asked to do even more a lot of them even have their own kids that right. they're juggling and trying to do this at the same time and so please give lots of grace i think it i think it can be appropriate to give feedback mm-hmm. right especially in such a wonky time like right now where yeah. they're really trying stuff to see what works and so mm-hmm. especially when asked for feedback please participate in that right you know in the surveys that they send home maybe mm-hmm. in uh, you know the school board zoom meetings and things like that but do so with grace and kindness Mm -hmm. um and a good managed set of expectations right right exactly (laughs) yeah yeah well we're here for you we know it's difficult because we're parenting through the pandemic as well if we can be praying for you about anything specific or school choice or virtual learning whatever you're going through feel free to email us at family at gracebasedfamilies.com and our website is gracebasedfamilies.com and there's tons of resources there that you can check out yeah we uh we're praying for you guys this is a lot we'll get through it together hang in there hang in there 
Thank you for listening to the Grace-Based Families podcast. This is part of Grace-Based Families Ministry. For more resources, check us out on gracebasedfamilies.com slash podcast or stream us on all major podcasting platforms. Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.